Welcome to the Fireside Chat, presented by Rotographs and Picture List. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Paul Spohr and Nick Pollock. Hello and welcome to episode 708 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Friday, June 21st, a double dose of pods today because this is a Fireside Chat. So I am joined by Nick Pollock. Nick, what's going on? What is happening? We're back. Another evening or i guess afternoon by the fire with you right it's good to see you good to see you as well uh we cranked uh cranked the air up for the fire to feel good because otherwise the weather's just not suitable for fires right now (laughs) at least not where i'm at um you're getting some rain up there uh we have been but it's nice and sunny right now loving it okay yeah I'd, i'd heard of some some rain did the first pot first pot of the day with ariel cohen he's up in that area did a trade talk, uh, trade phone call with Ian Khan, also in that area. Right. So I knew that you guys had some some bad weather over there. So good, good, glad that it's turning around. Um, we're gonna talk about a place where it rains all. No, that was a stupid transition. <laughs> so so bad, so bad. It does well, rain all the time. We're gonna we're gonna talk about irrelevant. a place that has nice haircuts like yours. Oh, so thank I, you. Thank I can you. see that, and and that would be the lovely place of Miami. Correct. We are going to talk some Miami, and um, you know these guys are kind of the 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 buzz right now. In fact, talked a little bit about both of them with Ariel. Worthy of a fireside, though. Still, we're going to talk. Fo- we're going to focus on, of course, Zach Gallen and um, Jordan Yamamoto as it relates to the rest of the rotation, though. And Eliezer right. Hernandez is going to get some love in there too because he's been pitching pitching well. Um, so. It's starting to be a little bit of a logjam. You know, I believe they went the longest this year with just their top five. That's right, right. As the only starters, right? And then right as that note started to float around, they got like three injuries instantly. Arena, <laughs> Smith, and Lopez. Well, you, you asked me on the cast last time. That's right. Two weeks ago, and then that day, Arena went down. There you go. We, it was we, ridiculous. I mean, the utter jinx. Even worse than the old... Uh, than the old no hitter jinx because yeah <laughs> they just started dropping like flies, but uh, these injuries have opened the door right. We were waiting for Zach Gallon for m- most of the year really. Every time Sandy Alcantara had a bad start, it's like Zach Gallon time. But really, when you looked at it, those five, uh, which would be Arena, Smith, Lopez, Richards, and Alcantara, were really holding their own. Um, and so they had their ups and downs. Pablo Lopez had that sh- that one shellacking, I believe, against the Mets where he gave yep. up like 10 runs. That wasn't going to be enough. They never really had more than than one disaster start, and they'd usually get back on track. So they, they were holding their spots. Well, that's changed because uh, because of these injuries. And now Hernandez, Yamamoto, and Gallon all got opportunities. Let's put Gallon off the side because he's probably going to—he's going to be like the finisher here. Well, because we'll, we're probably going to talk the most about him. I want to start with Jordan Yamamoto. Back-to-back seven-inning decimations of the Cardinals. One thing I want to ask quickly, though: Are you? Do you take any stock out of them or, or lessen them a little bit due to the fact that at least recently, over like the last 30, 40 days, the Cardinals have been painfully awful against righties i do put a little bit of stock into it i mean it's not like he faced the the red Sox or the or the athletics or, any, or even like Astros the good version of the cardinals right, right? because they so, can be good but they right um going back to 
it's pretty arbitrary. I guess I could do the last month. I, I'm actually going to do May 1st because I think it goes sure. back even further. And you look at the Cardinals in WRC plus against righties. They're fourth from the bottom. They're 27th around teams like Detroit, Toronto, Baltimore, and and the Marlins themselves. Yeah, so I mean, that's I, a month and a half. Or, you, you know, you, know, you have to consider it. And it, actually, um, I mean, I guess to spill the beans on how I feel about Yamamoto, it, it kind of explains why this guy with just kind of middling stuff has done so well for two starts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, across the board with Yamamoto, his, his stuff is fine, I guess. It's one whiff so far in 58 through four-seamers thrown. He actually shifted away from it in that second start. He threw a lot more sliders and curveballs. He did. And that worked, I guess. I mean, got him a lot of stupid innings like that fifth inning. Just the that other actually day. that actually encouraged me a little bit, though, to see Yamamoto change up approaches. Mm-hmm. Um, to see that he has more than one way to kind of kind of go about it. That that's a great point. Um, and I would say, uh, overarching for twelve teamers, you should own Yamamoto at this moment. It's, it's it's again such a barren landscape. I'm saying this for the past two weeks. We've actually talked about it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, throughout, this, throughout the season, really. Right. And we're at the point, I think we're actually at the valley of it now. It's going to get more, there are going to be a lot more options in about a couple weeks or so as uh, as more prospects come up. Also, more owners don't pay attention of monthly trends as we get That's more options as point. well. So in, t- in addition to that, so more prospects, mm-hmm. uh, uh, players falling off and not paying as much attention. The guys who have been replacements establishing themselves right. and then the guys who they replaced coming back. So yep. all of those factors are going to work to strengthen the pool. Yeah. It, generally, we do see this every single year around the all-star break or so is when we start getting all these options uh, that we can play with as we move towards our playoffs. But for Yamamoto, so right now in 12-teamers, I'm okay owning him. But and, and definitely, you're right. We should give him credit for being able to change that approach. But the secondary stuff itself just isn't that great. It's fine-ish. It's it's okay. The fact that he got outs with that curveball and slider over the plate, okay. Fastball is nothing to write home about. Uh, it's, it's as mediocre, I think, of a pitch as I've seen out there. You know, it's not like it's 87 miles per hour or something, but it's not like it's going up to 96 or whatever. He's just kind of laying in there. And it's like, okay, this that's a fine pitch, I guess. You know, it's a 91.5 for his four-seamer right now. It actually was down there. You mentioned 87. It was like 86, 87 at the Arizona Fall League when Eric and Kylie wrote up their prospect report on him. So you'll see the low velocity that he had on the Marlins report for Jordan Yamamoto. Yamamoto. To his credit, he's gotten his velo back. He has pop 94, but it's not a special fastball. Right. I mean, he's the proverbial kitchen sink guy, mm-hmm. which I don't hate. It can it can create some different ways to be successful. But overall, I think it, it kind of caps the ceiling. And it always reminds me of this phrase. It's actually football related, but it's the same. It's a similar sort of deal. My dad would always say, um, you know, be talking be like, oh, you know, they've got this quarterback, that quarterback and this one. My dad's like, if they have three quarterbacks, they don't have one. Right. You know, yeah. if you have six pitches, you probably don't have an ace pitch mm-hmm. unless you're you Darvish at his peak. But if you have to have that many pitches, you are unlike they're all probably pretty mediocre. Right. Exactly. Um, and yeah, I mean, there you'll probably see like in the, in the splits, by the way, for the four seamer of Yamamoto going all the way down to 87 or so. That's actually turned into his cutter. I wouldn't be surprised if that's just a mislabel of just a really badly thrown cutter. Uh, but I mean, it's it, yeah, he has that cutter that he throws in there, just kind of falls in. It's again, it's fine. It, it's it's done well over 40 pitches thus far. I mean, this is complete money pitch 
rates, but it's really it's it's okay. It's against the Cardinals. They're just don't really know what to do with it, and it's all right. I, I expect against any other reasonable opponent, Yamamoto is not going to impress much. But it, it's it, it's again it's it's like a middling guy. You know, I, I guess I would probably call him a Toby, honestly. Um, yeah. If if anything, really, uh, he's not somebody I'm going to go and chase. But yeah, he's probably going to be like the the bottom two guys in my 12 teamer. Yeah, that's the thing. And in, in in my piece about Jordan Yamamoto, I was like, in 12 teamer, I don't even know if I'm necessarily going for it. Right. He he is that typical guy that that uh, bring up a lot both with you and with Justin on the show. He probably has to be on some team. It's not necessarily your squad. So if you look at your pitching and you like all your guys, I wouldn't bend over backwards to cut somebody for Yamamoto. Maybe he just belongs on a different roster. He's going to get picked up a bunch this week, and I fully understand that. It's just not going to be the Spore squads going for him. Are you going to start him against the Phillies? I think I would um, if I did. If I do get him, right? If I pick him up, I'm going to go ahead and, and run him out there and see where we're at it is at home for the first one and then i believe he gets philly again correct yep um oh yeah the the he gets philly this weekend right and then philly next week at home yeah so philly this sunday sunday and then saturday yeah there you go there you go so um yeah i get philly at home next week i'll take a shot with it and you know he's shown that facing the same team twice in a row it doesn't have an ill effect now Granted, you can't carry that forward. I've referenced this study a few times. Baseball uh, Beyond the Box Score did a study years ago about two starts against the same team in a row, and there's no rhyme or yeah. reason to how the if, first if one anything impacts I, it. I remember, I think it's even beneficial for the pitcher, if anything. Yes, if anything, which, it, it was more beneficial like, yeah, no for them. <laughs> yep. So, so I wouldn't, yeah, exactly. I wouldn't put any sort of stock into that. All right. Well, then let's move on here and talk a little bit more. Uh, let's get a little Eliezer Hernandez taster here. We're cleansing the palate. Uh, Jordan Yamamoto was the first course. I just don't know that we're going to have a whole lot to say about Eliezer, so we're going to kind of use him as the transition, and then we'll finish off talking Zach Gallen and the uh, the outlook of the rest of this, the rotation at large. Um, Hernandez, for his part, has pitched well. So I don't want – I'm not trying to, to shade him. I just feel like he's lower on the priority list, which, uh, by the way, a little pet peeve of mine. I believe that means you'd be higher on the totem pole. People misuse that. I think the lower end of the totem pole is the the more heralded position. So I think that phrase is often misused. Um, oh, that's a good point. I never thought about that. Yeah, Similar to when people talk well, about the quarter pole, which is a horse racing reference. That's when there's a quarter left. And yet when we're a quarter away into the season, you see articles and podcasts <laughs> at the quarter so pole. Wait, so like, wait, no, so, we're not. So at the bottom of the totem pole. So I mean, that's, there's different ways of interpreting that. It's like, oh, I'm the one with everyone sitting on me, which you don't want to be at. Right. So you want to be at the top sure. and be like standing on everybody else. That's a good thing. Well, that's the way we right right, use it but the way they're put together i believe is that the bottom has the most important right exactly like it's easy to take off it's kind of like a because they add to it right yeah you're the first one there you're the most important so anyway sorry for that tangent but eliezer i will always embrace those (laughs) i think he's at the top of the totem pole or low on the priority list um right now he seems to be a little bit uh 
kitchen sinky as well. Only with three pitches, but needs all three of them right. to really do anything. Doesn't have a hard fastball or anything, but has a slider changeup that he uses regularly. And like I said, a couple good starts. I'm intrigued by the 13% swinging strike rate, if only because it followed a 16% in AAA for 48 mm-hmm. innings this year. So I wonder if he's added some swing and miss by making some sort of moves or if it is just small sample. But what do you know of Eliezer Hernandez? And, and do you think he has an outlook, at least in the short term? Or could he steal a role here? Could he leapfrog Yamamoto? Right. Uh, I think it is the better pitch between the two of them, or the best one. The better single slider. pitch, yeah. Right. The slider is actually, it's performed pretty well thus far. 70 pitches thrown, 27% swing strike rate on that slider. And I think, honestly, his changeups are right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a lot of depth on it, surprises guys, too, with it. But, I mean, the overall approach with, with Yamamoto, at least with his fastball, he does have a better com- or command of where it's going, a better idea of where it's going every, some time, every single time it leaves his hand. Well, with Hernandez, it does seem a little more sporadic. I, uh, it's, it's all. Uh, I mean, it, I always say this in another roundup, but I always just say it's fine. Everything it's fine. is fine. You know, all right, yeah, this is a guy. I, uh, you know, I think there's. Oh, I can't remember. I don't know who to credit exactly, but I remember in football, there's even just another guy, right? Jag. Uh, yeah. Jag. I don't know who came up Co- with calling that. him a Jag. People, I don't know either, but it it, it started to permeate uh, the the baseball culture too, especially. Right. When you're in shallower leagues, there's a lot of a lot of jagginess where it's just like, come on. And yeah, exactly. by the way, another tangent, that's my challenge of playing like 10 team leagues. I see the waiver wire and it looks like it's so rich in talent because I'm so used to 15 teamers. Mm-hmm. And it's like you have to reassess and be like, that guy's not that good here. He just yeah. doesn't make the grade in a 10 teamer. So anyway, I'm tan- <laughs> I'm tangent city all day today. It's, it's pot- We're going to go. No, that's long. me. What, what's going on here? Yeah, we might go a little bit longer saying that. Oh, my, long oh on my. This one. Sport, what is this? Where am I? I'm, I'm being you, dog. We're flipping. We're flipping. Uh, anyway, sorry. Yeah, no. Hernandez. So Two good starts uh, yeah. recently. Uh, what, what what do we got going forward? Yeah, yeah same thing against the Cardinals. Uh, it's it's hard to really assess it strongly. <laughs> oh, yeah. he, beat, he faced the Cardinals both times, too. Yeah, oh it, this is – it's just like, oh, all right. They're you so know. bad, dude. And uh, – uh, the thing is, honestly, I mean, we're talking about the rotation in Miami when everyone gets healthy, or you know, we don't know how Arena is going to be, how long he's going to be out for. So I'm just kind of assuming he's gone he's for on a long time. Court. That right. spot exactly. is open. Yes. So uh, honestly, I mean, between Yamamoto and Hernandez, if you're really debating between one of them, I honestly think that Hernandez is the better one to chase just because of that slider. Okay. Uh, and I think he can be more effective with that three pitch combination than Yamamoto that just. I don't know. Honestly, he was just flinging breaking breaking balls the in there, six and then it's just like someone's just gonna yak this. You know, he's gonna walk a guy, and it's it's gonna be a bloop and a blast kind of thing with Yamamoto. Mm-hmm. Well, I can imagine Hernandez being more consistent with his floor um, and having more strikeouts per game. I think too. Uh, so you but, favor Hernandez yeah, right I now? I favor Hernandez. Those two. Yes. Yeah. Hernandez, by the way, and I know you don't you don't put a whole lot of stock in the pedigree. Did come as a Rule Five from Houston. Um, I do when I see some, you know, when these guys come from the the deeper organizations, I do like to give it a little extra look. Doesn't automatically sure. mean I'm going to make like a major move over it, but um, you know, they've had they've had such an amazing talent pool that their runoff 
has like filled the rest of the league. <laughs> uh, you know, you can just come up with a bunch of different. Obviously, everyone knows about JD Martinez, but go look at some of like the smaller moves that they made. Uh, like Ramon Laureano was in a small deal. He was from Houston. Um, obviously, Domingo Santana came by. I can keep going through, but Elias right, Hernandez, right. Rule Five from Houston. So you like him over Yamamoto. Let's shift over to Zach Gallen. He's he's the prize right now. He's the more heralded prospect uh, of the group by uh, of the trio by far. In fact, he's a MLB wide heralded prospect. Now, he came in, you know, as as a, a prospect of note, but really took off this season. Like this was not the continuation of Zach Gallen elite seasons. Yeah. Um, he really, if they reran, what well, they will at the all-star break and he won't have enough innings so he's going to pop up on a bunch of top 100s when they rerun him at the all-star break thanks to a 91 inning sample at triple a with a 34 percent strikeout rate five percent walk and it helped foster a 177 era and 0.71 whip what's zach gallon doing to put together this kind of season and is this pop-up is it real? By the way, he came over in the Sandy Alcantara uh, with Sandy Alcantara in the Marcelo Zuna deal, yes. and Yamamoto was via the Yelich deal. Nice. I uh, so we were all wondering what on earth was going on with Gallon. I remember this like he was killing it at the beginning of the year, and there was zero reports. I couldn't find a single no. thing telling me what he did. He was the mystery pitcher that we're all just <laughs> waiting to see. Let me just finally see it. And my understanding, I mean, they're calling it a cutter on Baseball Savant. I'm calling it a slider. That's a really good pitch. And same thing with his changeup. Both of those secondary pitches are going to get a lot of whiffs this year. Uh, He has a curveball that he throws. It's the clear fourth option, but it's still not like your throwaway pitch. I think he's going to throw that in the zone, get early outs with that often. And then the fastball was going from about like 91 or so up to 94 at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I imagine it's probably going to sell around like 92. I'd say 94 was him being a little amped at times. But maybe that we get to see a little bit more. Maybe he does get a longer stride as he gets a flat back and adds maybe a touch of velo as usually, years go on. Usually tone down a debut's velo like a half to a full tick. Right. Because yep. they just are generally – it's just a general rule. Now, they don't always drop it, but he was – a gallon was at 92.7. I would assume 92, maybe 91 and a half going forward as the average with spikes up to 94, 95. But what what I'm saying about the increase of velocity is that his mechanics is very much of a faller and actually keeps standing up a bit as he releases. Uh, I do wonder if there is another level to hit if he really does work on that lower half and gets out farther, more extension, all that kind of stuff to really add another tick or so. But without not you know not in mind like let's just assume this is what he is this is great i mean i can understand that 14.5 percent swing strike rate in the minors because of how well he was positioning that slider and change up down underneath the zone mm-hmm. and the reason he went five innings yesterday as opposed to maybe six or whatever uh he had 99 pitches i believe at the end of they that. ran up his count a bit yeah right because he was going for those chases he was yes, so he was. used to in the minors that guys were going after that and they weren't uh, but there was one that there was one bat I absolutely loved that it blew my mind. Uh, it was against uh, uh, Paul Goldschmidt got to a one two count through tried to paint another fastball away. He had ninety four in the first inning that he they stunned Goldschmidt on. Tried to do it again, got it up at ninety one. Goldschmidt hit it super far, foul down the line, but it would have been gone if it were fair. Yep. It w- and it wasn't that far fall. No, we all thought kind of that that might have been out. And uh, I-, I was watching on mute because um, mm-hmm. I watched live on mute and then rewatched it. 
uh, after. And I was like, oh, Goldschmidt just went yard because I just looked real quick. I was streaming right, at right. the time. I totally thought he got it. Yeah, exactly. So so after that, it's 1-2. Goldschmidt is just so on that fastball. So obviously he's going to throw a slider now. He throws it under the zone. Goldschmidt spits on it. That's done. And then you don't know what really is going to come. He's going to try and go back to that fastball or not. He decided to go another slider at 2-2. Off the plate, Goldschmidt is ready for that. Says no. You have to throw a fastball now, right? This is the typical thing is that you have to come at him. Gallon doesn't do that. And he threw a changeup instead that fell under the zone. And Goldschmidt swung over it. And that's, oh, a righty, that's everything righty I want to see. I love that. Righty and righty. Changeup crime. Yeah. 3-2 count. I don't care. First batter of the inning. I'm going to risk walking him. Beat I'll walk like you, dude. That. This is the stuff we want Bieber to do. Right. Is to not just throw a hittable pit. Now Bieber's done more of it this year, so I'm beating that drum a little bit uh, a little bit longer than necessary, but like that was what that was the beef last year is that yes. Bieber would have thrown a meatball down the yeah. middle 100% especially last year. Um and Gallon uh, no, it was so hot. Trusted it was stuff. Oh, so I, sick. I made a noise. So I, <laughs> so I love that. I love that he has that foundation of those two pitches that he's going to endlessly go and get tons of chases out of the zone. That O-swing is going to be super up, I'm sure, for Gallon. The question does come, though, what is that fastball actually going to be? He didn't have great fastball command yesterday. I couldn't even tell what his fastball approach was. Is it going? For the most part, I want to say it's just go away from right-handers. But I don't like to see that. I want to see him go in. I want to see him go out. I want to see him go up. I want. I, I, I believe he could get there. It didn't seem like he had such terrible fastball command. No. But it, that is something that is necessary for him to get to those secondary pitches, especially if he's really good at putting it under the zone. Then, great. You need to have some heat to tempt them and get them you know, on their heels early in 0-1 counts if you're saving those Can't secondary those pitches levels, to be out of the baby. zone. Right, yeah. I yeah. Mean, you know me. I just want it to be high fastballs down Absolutely. and change-ups. Even if it's just him going inside and out, that would work too. Mm-hmm. Um, I just need to see that more, and I look forward to the next start against a tougher opponent. Uh, I imagine it would be the Phils. Uh, or it could be he could skip that series? I don't know. He gets Washington, Washington Nationals. Okay, I'd start him. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in. Uh, I'm, in I'm, I'm very much in on Gallon. I mean, he's probably going to be in my top 50 uh, on, on Monday. I mean, that speaks more to the landscape itself. That the fifties so, are just terrible. <laughs> so here's something then. Um, what are you looking to pay as far as Fab goes? If you have a one thousand dollar budget for Gallon, obviously nobody has a full one thousand anymore. But let's say that you know you're operating with a few hundred bucks, you know, uh, four hundred left. What, what are you putting on Gallon? Yeah, that's a good question. So let's let's go further here. Uh, let's talk about that rotation with Miami. Okay. Uh, Richards uh, Alcantara. Smith is coming back. If I remember. on a rehab, I, I hope rehab. so. He's, yep. It's like a start. Let's just say he's back. Let's just imagine. He, he's that. he's yeah, because he's already yeah. on rehab, so he's right. much it's closer than week, say like Pablo Lopez. Right, Lopez. He said it's mild. It's not well, we serious, know. but yeah, right. Who knows? Still There's no actual timetable now. Yeah. I uh, but let's say Pablo is back. Okay. okay let's just throw that in. Arena's out for the year. Let's just say that. Yep. So there's one spot left. That has to be Gallon, right? Yes. Right, yes. Gallon. So, so anyone that's worried about Zach Gallon not pitching, I mean, look, he's already had 91 innings. So what? He threw 133 last year. Yeah, there's they no have worries. to. They, I, I have to think that they waited so long because they just want to be secure that the okay, fine, Gallon's up for the rest of the year. Yes, you know, and, and that's that's all I can imagine with that. 
if they really wanted to, they could space him here and there, give him an extra day or two with a Yamamoto or a Hernandez. Sure, right. Um, but nothing that they'd have to do any shenanigans. 133 innings, adding on to the back of that with 96 already this year, it's no problem. You can make yeah, it through right. a half season plus. Exactly. Um, so, 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 yeah, right. so I with that in him. mind. So that in mind, then, all right, I'm paying for him for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. I'm in here. Uh, Budget-wise, I mean, it obviously depends on how much you want to save and stuff, but, I mean, I'm over the $100 limit here. For I'm sure. That. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, and, and obviously your needs of pitching matter, too. If you're really pitching-focused and you were waiting for someone to come up, this is one of – you're not going to get much more impact here. I love Jesus Lazardo, but he's coming off of injury. Sure. Whereas Gallon's been pitching all year, so we, we don't know if he's necessarily going to be better. Uh, Dylan Cease, are their profiles Dil- really that different? Dylan Cease? I mean, I'm worried about Dylan Cease. He hasn't done well his last two starts. I'm, no. He's going tonight. It's one of the weird times where I'm actually looking at a minor league start. It was like <laughs> the other one was Alex Reyes's like two weeks ago when he had like seven and runs. I was really curious if he has a good start. He might be up. Then he didn't. Nope. He was like, no but thanks. Dylan Cease, I feel like is, I don't know. I feel like this is going to be a bad outing tonight and everyone's going to be selling off their shares of, of stashing him. Uh, so I'm I worried about that one. I don't think you're out of bounds with that. I mean, like you said, he's, you mentioned he struggled his last two, uh, particularly two starts ago where he, he didn't even make a full inning and gave up four runs with three walks. The walks have really been a problem yeah, of late. Something's he was kind of living with them here and there. Um, you know, in May, he had a few three walk starts, nothing crazy, but then they really amped up four, two, two, three, three, and two doesn't sound crazy except when it's in two thirds of an inning. Right. So, um, yeah, Dylan sees <laughs> again. So I'm not saving my money for him. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to after think, Gallon. Like, I'm okay. going Gallon. Yeah. And so uh, if you amp up as high as maybe in the upper 100s, maybe even uh, maybe even something in the low 200s, if you have if you're up over 400 with your money left, something like that. Otherwise, I'm trying to stay in the 100s. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I, have, I have a lot. <laughs> I have too much money in the TGFBI because I am hilarious and don't do my lamps until Monday morning, and then I miss fab bids. And then you I'm miss idiots. <laughs> well, uh, you get to get gallon then. I know, right? So I'm gonna I'm gonna spend on gallon. I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna be over the 200 mark. I mean, I'm thinking it also of course of like have? your typical 100. Like yeah. yes, you would spend 21 dollars on on gallon, right? Yep, that makes sense to me. So, um, so I'll probably do something around there, just so you guys know if you're in my league. <laughs> you probably could have gotten uh, Jordan Alvarez. Well, I actually bid. I bid, I think, $430 on that. You didn't get him. I didn't get him. 480 got him. Your league went wild. By the way, it is Jordan. Just public service announcement. Thank Pass you. it on I to Pitcher List. That. Yes. Yeah. Craig Mish oh, yes. tweeted it out. So, so uh, I do have a nickname, by the way, for Yamamoto. Let's hear it. It's Fair Jordan. What? Because he's, like, decent? He's mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> Bear Jordan. I like it. Yeah. So I used to write because of the, all the Air Jordan, but it's yeah, actually that, Air that, Jordan. Um, so, yeah. I mean, Jordan sounds cool, but he wants it. He, he wants it to be Jordan. That's Craig Mish who tweeted that out. And so, uh, yeah, I was calling him Jordan, Jordan, but it is, in fact, Jordan Alvarez. But anyway, that's a little tangent there. So, um, with that in mind, with what we just said about how there's probably only going to be one spot unless something turns negative for Lopez, what kind of bids are you putting on Yamamoto? Uh, and I think Hernandez is a cursory, like, single-digit bid if you just want to stash somebody. Honestly, I mean, considering that neither has a two-start week, 
uh, if you're playing like that weekly league of like TGFBI or something like that, then I don't know if it's really that worth it. I, there has to be something else I think you'd stream for instead. We're talking about these guys not being massive impact plays. It's not like you're going to be kicking rocks because you didn't bid on these guys. Yep. So I, I would save the bids for uh, for guys that just like that one star. I mean, honestly, I mean, for example, there's Tommy Malone going against the, the Orioles this week. And it's like that's the kind of start I'd rather go after than bidding on Hernandez and uh, Yamamoto. Yamamoto against uh, against Philly. By the way, just uh, it's penciled in. It's not set, but Rotowire already has Caleb Smith returning Saturday. So Hernandez is already out next week, according there you to go. Yamamoto has one of the Philly start the Philly home start, but Hernandez is already gone. So Hernandez is like two dollar stash if you're just trying to stash pitching, and you have to understand you might get nothing from it. Yeah. Yamamoto, I think, is it's like too a, bad because I kind of like Hernandez more. Yeah, uh, and so maybe something opens up for him, but uh, well, no, I mean, I mean it's fine. I'm fine not dealing. He was with just slightly one. better than <laughs> Hernandez in two starts against the Cardinals. They both decimated right. the Cardinals. So. Right. So, okay, I guess that's uh, that's going to wrap us up on the fireside focused on the Miami Marlins. Uh, let me ask you one last thing, I guess. With Caleb Smith coming back, do you expect him to – like, well, what's your second half outlook, right? We've talked so much about him. Our boy Alex Fast kind of, uh, you know, that, dropped that was That was amazing. Him calling Mason is forever like a highlight it's, of the it's, season. That's it's just... so good. Um, <laughs> you know, so that's obviously been one of his guys. We know that Caleb Smith is is – good he has talent what do you expect in the second half so what's crazy is that i think a lot of people forget that smith was hurt in the preseason and then came back he never stopped it was never like he needed one start and then then was great no he was great from the very first rehab (laughs) that he had so i i mean with that in mind obviously that's you know that's not the greatest sample to to build off of but i don't really think that we're going to see much of a difference from caleb smith obviously monitor the, the, the start of the weekend to see if he's really off or not. But, I mean, honestly, if he's killing it in that rehab, then I think we're going to be completely fine with him in the second half. Yeah, I, I really don't see uh, any reason. How do you deal with this phenomenon that I, I've noticed? And it certainly happened with Caleb Smith before he went on the IL. Seems to me that any time a breakout has the bad start, panic sets in more than you know the established guys and um, i remember it was the washington start three three innings five runs for kale smith is he done is he done you know lucas right. giolito had the bad start why, why like why people freak out so much after one bad start like that some some of these folks have everybody on a vargas rule and the second they have one bad outing they're like ah panic i'm like dude it was a bad start for like i i couldn't care less to be honest sure. like I'm, I'm unmoved by it how, how do you right. deal with that with these fresh breakouts do you worry do you get concerned or, or I, how do you i only get it? concerned if i see a difference of approach or execution right or, so or like a below drop or something. so a really good example we're dealing with it right now is andrew heaney uh, yes. first three starts killing it with fastballs up and then curveballs down Last two, against the Rays, it was okay, but he wasn't really executing it as well. And then it got worse against that uh, the, in that start against the Jays. I'm not worried. I, I do think that Heaney is very talented and still has this excellent sinker. And he's going to get whiffs on that curveball down. And his changeup hasn't even really showed up. But it's one of those things that you need to you know monitor, see what's causing this. Is this something that we anticipated in the fact that, like, oh, his slider was overperforming before, you could say, like, for you know, it comes to mind, like, Madison Bumgarner's curveball last year was way overperforming. Mm-hmm. 
So, and then now we're seeing his curveball gone right now, and then it becomes a two-pitch pitcher, fastball cutter, and yeah, this is what a two-pitch pitcher like Madison Bumgarner does. So, that's that narrative makes sense to me, but... I, I, you just have to like you know, take it case by case. Is this something that like, oh, right, he's coming back down to earth with these specific things or no? And if it's not, then, okay, maybe it's an injury or everything is fine. Yeah. See, that's so, the thing, too. It's like, you know, I'll, I'll take a... What, what oh are you reacting to? What, what just happened? Oh, my God. Trade went down? Trade went down? What's going Worse. on? Worse. Frankie Montas suspended 80 games. No! For testing positive for a banned substance. What? what? Bro. Matas. So I'm seeing this as at five o'clock or so. We we start recording. I didn't. Oh yeah, my. this is. The, the, I mean, this We're is so our late, live but, reaction. I literally oh. was just like. Oh man, I was about to give him an ace is gonna ace label, dude. Oh man, that's. Come on. I mean, that's not why he was successful, right? I mean, maybe it helped him get consistent. Of, co- I don't know. of course, I don't know of course things like that can contribute, right? I, I, I'm not, I don't oh. want to go so far to say that it never helps. I think it's greatly overstated. Right. Like the way, the way some people talk about PEDs, you would think that you and I could take some and then be in the majors in a week. You know, they act like Barry Bonds was made from them. I'm not saying they never help. A lot of it is keeping you on the field, keeping you healthy, allowing you to, you know, work out more. And by the way, not everything that's PED is shooting a needle in your booty in a bathroom stall either. It's not all like anabolics. It's pills and stuff that you take. But um, I'm sure it contributed on some level. It will be seen as the reason he broke out. But uh this no, I, I look forward to that. I look forward to that conversation. In the it'll be in the offseason next year. He's done. Yeah. So that I means, mean, more right, or less. By low, 2020, Frankie Pontus. <laughs> oh shook, man. man. So I mean, I mean, so the Discord is going nuts. Uh, do I everyday bet. products contain Osterine? Uh, I don't know how to pronounce. I assume it's that. He's he's not uh, he's not appealing at all. So he's accepting. Oh people. man. They're in fact products that contain Osterine, but only illegal ones. Given that Osterine is not approved for human use or consumption in the U.S. or in any other country, there are no legal medications that contain it. No. If and, there was and, any sort of medication stuff, he would have appealed. The fact right. that he doesn't appeal tells me this was obvious. He knew that he was. He doing knew what he wrong. was doing. Oh man, ah, oh, this is. Whew. It's an investigational selective androgen receptor <laughs> modulator. You know those things for the treatment oh, of conditions man. such as muscle wasting so i don't know what muscle wasting is but i hear the word muscle i'm thinking like it's allowing him to work out a lot more i don't know man i don't know wow. i'm shook on this sorry we were we we're wrapping up i saw that people are gonna be listening to it think i thinking that uh, the audio goes out because i went dead silent there so- yeah, I was so confused, uh, and I just saw your face like that. Uh, yeah, we do like video. Guy from so I was just America's like America's Got Talent or whatever that guy. Yes, I know uh, the one. You're about. <laughs> but uh, so I guess the question that becomes then: Who replaces Montas? Yeah, let's and go does ahead. Does this really does this really push uh, Luzardo and and Puck up faster? Um, Luzardo then could. they said they didn't want to stretch him out to ninety pitches. The last one I remember it was about fifty or so. Maybe bring then, them both up and treat them as a right full on tandem. Right, I mean, obviously the A's. The A's are only a, a game back from the wild card. They completely right now. and they did it very quietly because remember they got yeah. off to a bad start. Right, and it right, was looking right. like ah, the magic didn't I mean, 
carry you know, over. What's even crazier is that the, the Rangers are a half a game out, and mm-hmm. the Indians are a full game behind the, the Red Sox, so watch out. Uh, and the... Uh, the funniest thing about all that is the Mariners started like thirteen and two. Yeah, well, it's the Mariners. I mean, I know, I know, yeah, but that's like so crazy. So but, yeah, they uh, went uh, they went eleven and fifteen in April, but then fifteen and ten in May, and eleven and eight in June. This is the A's I'm talking about. So um, yeah, right now it's Fires, Anderson, Anderson. That's Brett and Tanner, uh, and then Bassett with uh, and the Amantis replacement. With a Montas so, replacement, so we used to we used to joke in the preseason who is the A's ace whenever Luzardo shows up, right? Uh, and now that would still apply, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's a really good point that you know the A's. Well, the A's are in, uh, they're, they're fighting for that wild card right now, and they will consider probably Luzardo plus Puck. I mean, that's how it was in the in the rehab stars. That was exactly. Luzardo, so then just Puck. treat them. Just treat them and together. Just do I think it. in the short term it'll be Daniel Mangden until they figure that sure. out. Sure. Oh yeah. That, yes. Yeah. Plus, it's already at the who forty. Who would he get next week? I, who would Montas have gotten? Because I bet. Right. Uh, I haven't rushed this page. So, in a way. Yeah. Um, he would have gotten. Wait, the they are Cardinals. <laughs> the best team to face in the universe. So Mangden against the Cardinals. Look, I would. Would you go with Mangden against the Cardinals than I uh, than Yamamoto against oh. the Phillies? Give me Mangan. I'm point picking I'm on the cards, it. dude. Right, right. That that kind of seems like he could coast in that start. With I'm that picking fastball. on the cards forever, right now. So, so that that's uh, that's essentially what I was getting at before. Is that yeah, just go with some other decent stream instead of yep. this. Uh, but I mean, all right, we don't know if Mangan actually is confirmed. No, no we don't that. know what's going to go on. But by uh, the way, uh, I briefly mentioned Tanner Anderson. He gets mm-hmm. the Cardinals as well. I don't know a whole lot about him. I did see him at Fall League. Um, mm-hmm. We were calling him Tanderson because it was that, sure what's said on the back of his jersey because they put the T. So uh, Tanderson is not like a major prospect, but he is going against the Cardinals, so he might right. dominate next week. But uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. I, that is going to wrap us up. But this bombshell, That's, we end oh, it with man. a bombshell. Oh man, Frankie, buddy, shook uh, man. We were we were loving him. Oh, I know he's so much so. year rankings, and he 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 was ready to take another big jump in mine after after twenty eight uh, huge strikeouts ju- in three what? games. Last three games, twenty eight strikeouts. Ostering gets you strikeouts, dude. I'm gonna take some tonight before I play him. I'll be the show. Just to teach see. you a splitter, though. Uh, you got to get that splitting going. Um, <laughs> all right, Nick. Well, I hope you have a great weekend. Uh, and you too. Cover from the sad Montas news and uh, kids don't take PEDs. <laughs> well, Spore, it's always fun hanging with you by the fire. Thanks for listening to today's Fireside Chat with Paul Spohr and Nick Pollock. Follow both Paul and Nick on Twitter at Spore and at PitcherList.